0: Hello, and welcome to the very first Adam Mola Bookman podcast, where me, Alaska Bond, and my friend John Coughlin will be reading footballers' autobiographies so you don't have to. And with our very first podcast, we're starting out with the Skittle Vodka Swilling, opposition fan taunting, England hero, Jamie Vardy.
1: Was he an England hero? Anyway, let's find out, I suppose. Jamie Verdi, From Nowhere, My Story. Released on the 6th of October, 2016. Anything in particular about that date gives anything away about the book, Al.
0: Is there something we should do? It was written. It was written just after the Euros, is that right?
1: well i think more significantly it was written just after lester won the league anyway oh almost
0: as if it's a cash grab johnny
1: so it was 5 months after they won the league and i guess he'd just been in the uh, the 2016 england squad for the oars as well
0: golden memories
1: uh, it, was, it was the ghostwriter was Stuart james a forest fan who himself i guess maybe this is what Made him a good ghost writer, at least in Vardy's uh, from Vardy's point of view. Was he, he himself was a former apprentice at Swindon, and he got let go. He was there for two years as a as apprentice, and he played professionally for a year. Did you know his name? It 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 seems familiar. He's he writes for the Athletic and the Guardian. Stuart James doesn't ring a bell for me,
0: but I think you're right about the player stuff because I, I can't see Mr. Vardy getting along with some book. Book nerd academic, can you? I don't <laughs> think Jackie would care for a professorial no. type. Yeah, had to be an ex-footballer.
1: I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to hear Stuart James's uh, take on what it was like sitting down with the uh, with the great man, for however long it takes. Like, what's the process? You reckon they sit down for two weeks, give some stories, and he's like, "Okay, give me a book." Is that how it works?
0: I mean, I have to say, having read the books, I don't think it was two weeks worth of research. <laughs> They sat down for an afternoon, maybe. They had a coffee at McDonald's or something. How how did the
1: uh, book come across? How, what were the reviews like? You beat me to my question, now. Goodreads, 776 people, not insignificant. What do you reckon this got out of five? Not what you'd give it, but what it got from those 776 people.
0: Presumably the people reading the book are going to be Leicester fans. So overall positive, I would imagine it's above four. Is it above four?
1: 4.24, which Hell is ill <laughs>
0: deserved,
1: and on Amazon, if that wasn't high enough, 1200 people read this, uh, or at least sorry, rated it on, on Amazon and gave it a whopping 4.6. Like, that's like, Orwell. Or- that's like George Orwell levels of uh, of uh, review there for, for, for it for, certainly uh... is. Anyway,
0: yeah, it's a nine out of ten book, that right? That's uh, yeah, well, folks. Spoiler alert, it ain't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, not to to, to dwell too long on the reviewers, but I I wrote down a couple maybe to to give us a flavor. I like this one. Um, A review from Mike Vardy, who gave it four out of five stars. I'm going to read this one to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fairly new to soccer, but the fact that this guy shares my last name was the reason I got into it in the first place. It was great to hear his story. And while I, I felt it could have been a bit shorter, it was a good read. Yes. <laughs> it would have be been much shorter. It would have been an introduction and over. I'll give you one more. Okay. A one out of five review, because obviously you want to know the, the worst. There's more like it. Vardy, whilst a fabulous player, come ac- comes across as a spoilt, brat like PL player, presumably Premier League. He really doesn't seem to have any redeeming qualities. Mm. <laughs> Impressing insight into a typical PL player's life and mindset. If he set himself out to come, off, come across as a nasty character, then he has succeeded, in my opinion. There mm. you go.
0: Well, I mean, he does have some redeeming qualities. He's really very
1: good at football. I mean, that's,
0: mm. that's undeniable.
1: Tell us, tell us what you, what you thought of Vardy before you read this.
0: I mean, Jamie Vardy's famously, I thought he might be a little bit of fun. I know he's famously antagonistic. Uh, I think Leicester fans recognise he's a fairly spiky character off the pitch. So I guess that's what I was expecting, is a a fairly unpleasant character. And uh, I wasn't disappointed.
1: But you know, you have those, like, Alan Smith comes to mind. The Leeds and the United, uh, Man United, Alan Smith and like the likes of maybe Tevez, those fellas who you absolutely hate when they're on the opposing team, but then when they're on your team, like an absolute hero. So what's the view of, is that how Leicester people see Vardy or do they know that he's a total prick? They accept that.
0: No, I think, I think. imagine if you're a Leicester fan, he's your absolute all-time hero, isn't he? I mean, not only has he scored a ton of goals for you, he didn't leave. He could have left a number of times, but he stuck around even after the championship. I mean, yeah, if I was a Leicester fan, I think, he'd be, I think I'd think i have a tattoo of him on my face or something. I mean, I'd absolutely love it.
1: The first time I remember seeing Vardy was in that 5-3 United game. I suppose that's probably when a lot of people saw him. It was the start of the... the...
0: Maria game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember I was watching that as well. I, like I, I remember it.
1: You know, that was when they just come up from the championship... It was at the start of the season. I was like, "Who the hell is this fella?" I, and actually, he was like Tevez because Tevez used to do before it was in vogue. He was always pressing from the kind of from the front. But Vardy was just a different, different animal. He obviously comes across as a bit of a bollocks, doesn't he? So,
0: um, well, absolutely. But once again, I don't mean to be too hard on him because, my goodness, I would have loved him to play for my team. Yeah. being a bit of a bollocks for my team. I, I'd absolutely have loved him. He's a super player. Yeah, Whippet-like. It actually looks like a Whippet as well. So, got it all yeah. going
1: on. Yeah, he is. He's crazy quick, and he does know how to score goals. The book itself follows a, you know, standard chronological order with the exception of the prologue so why don't we get started there this is the Jamie Vardy's having a party thing isn't that a chant isn't that a chant that bring your
0: vodka bring your Charlie
1: they're watching Chelsea versus Spurs
0: the battle of Stamford Bridge
1: Spurs need to win right that's what happens right yeah. and then they're going in Spurs are ahead They're two up but Chelsea pull it back and it finishes two all I think that's enough to uh win the league but some of the lines is like and you really have to do you can't really you can't really blame jamie for this you have to question the the ghostwriter it's like uh this kind of prose it's like quote we will have to we will have to come back and finish the job then you know this is like in the prologue it's like oh we're really getting off to a to a to an exciting there's stage.
0: an insight in the footballers mind yeah no
1: sorry does not even his line either it's like is, we will have to finish the job then, said one of the lads. <laughs> doesn't even bother to remember, like, who said the line in his, like, five-page uh, prologue. <laughs> another thing, one of the lads was in tears while another was just shaking his head. <laughs> it's like, come on, give me a... Give, he kind That's of, how you will
0: feel by the end of this book, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he really kind of yadda as his way through uh, a lot of it. I guess this is a theme that I found... Throughout the book, that the least interesting parts are the Leicester, the Leicester parts. Towards the end of the book, it just kind of like it just starts to drift a bit, and you'd think that that'd be really well. Presumably, that was what they expected people were tuning in for, because they were selling it like, as I say, five months after they they won the league. The only interesting detail in that first prologue was that Wes Morgan owns a tattoo parlor. That was the most interesting thing that I learned there
0: yeah i wasn't expecting that well for me the most interesting thing johnny is that he lives in mountain mowbray now this is going to not mean a lot to a lot of people but i grew up 10 miles from mountain mowbray and if i was a multi-million footballer i can assure you this brother i would not be living in mountain yeah? mowbray oh no that's oh, really? not where
1: i would be living that's funny because i just assumed it's famous that... rich cat food factory mm, and pork okay. pies but okay like, it is a remarkable, like, I suppose at the start of this book, it, it's worth reminding ourselves, like, just how remarkable it was. 5,000 to 1. Now, I'm sure anyone who's listening to us talk about Vardy is very familiar with that, but it does warrant kind of just remembering because it was absolutely crazy. This just These things are just not supposed to happen.
0: It was a miracle. It was, and it was a miracle. I kept thinking wouldn't happen. I was sure they were going to bottle it. But they didn't. But they didn't, and I think Johnny, that's maybe why we are so familiar with uh, the Leicester City part of a book is because it is now in folklore, isn't it? Which that story has been told so many times, it is used an example as to why football is not completely and utterly broken to the money men. It's well Leicester can still do it, and they did it, getting on for ten years ago now. But it is, yeah, it is. One of the most remarkable stories and one that we're all pretty familiar with, I think, by now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, you know, passage of time and all the rest of it. It's not that everybody gets up and thinks about Leicester every day, but yeah, it was remarkable. Um, the most it's unlikely sporting running. event that will our event in sport, and we'll see in our lifetime, probably, 5001. The bookies are rarely that wrong.
0: Yeah, I'd say so as well. I'd say so. I mean, no one expected that. No one in the world. Nobody in the world did. And All it, right, well, it really was remarkable, wasn't
1: it? It really was. I know that you have a whole set of expertly organized notes. So let's take it up then. Let's take up this story with a young Jamie Vardy, born in the shadow of Hillsborough in 1987.
0: So, chapter one, Blue and White Stripes, where Jamie goes on to describe how much he loved the Shepherd Wednesday striker, David Hurst. There's not much to say about that, but I will say this. Normally, first chapters in autobiographies can be pretty dull. It's like an Oscar speech. First of all, you have to thank your mum and dad. You have to talk about how much you really love your mum and dad and how much they've done for you and your career. Well, you don't need to worry about it with old Jamie Vardy. He doesn't love his mum and dad at all. No, I mean I think he mentions them once, like I don't know, look, mate, maybe twice. Dad did this, Dad did that, but my goodness, not a word of thanks, not a word of love for the old parents.
1: No, no.
0: Anyway, Jamie Vardy, young man, loved Sheffield Wednesday, hated Sheffield United. He speaks warmly about his grandma and granddad. But there is very little to go on on his parents, very little indeed.
1: Yeah, so he's let go and he's 16, too small. This must be a fairly, this must happen to an awful lot of people who have a lot of promise, really, just their whatever age they are kind of grow at, like, you know, there must be really uh, a common, but I suppose in terms of the variety story, the Genesis, you know, the uh, we don't get much. He gives a nice, a reasonably nice uh, anecdote about uh, playing football, and head tennis with uh, Di Canio and uh, Benito, Benito Carbone. But the mention of Di Canio, of course, made me go back and watch him pushing the ref, which really was quite a fun thing.
0: I mean, there's a couple of anecdotes about his primary school. If I can just dip into it, unsurprisingly, Jamie did not like school, and I don't. I wasn't expecting him to. I like, honestly, it feels to me like the Ghost Rider was just trying to drag out of him some sort of story which could be relatable to people. So here we are. He from... had a math teacher, Mr. Pemberton. He didn't hate Mr. Pemberton. He didn't hate Mr. Pemberton. Mr. Pemberton did a bloody times table thing on a crossword in a circle. Jamie refers back to this many, <laughs> many <laughs> times. It's astonishing how much Jamie Varney refers back to his bloody math teacher, Mr. Pemberton, who taught him basic, like, times tables.
1: Do you reckon that Mr. Pemberton existed? And if yes, was he actually the teacher of the Ghost Raider, Stuart James? That must surely happen in these books. Yeah, I guess stuff
0: could be invented there. I, I would imagine that Mr. Pemberton probably didn't remember Jamie Varney very fondly, would be my guess. <laughs> I, guess <laughs> I'm, I, I think the Ghost writer was just looking for someone that Looking for a teacher, but Jamie Barney didn't actively swear at or something. He yeah. also mentioned he enjoys going to soccer, uh, football matches, so he can, he can swear unreservedly. <laughs> Dishing out yeah. a few swear words is one of his favorite things he could do at Hillsborough and not get in trouble.
1: You described him as looking like a whippet. He has a kind of a he has a kind of face where I think he probably did get in trouble a bit
0: looks like, yeah, I can imagine Jamie Vardy in the street, being like 15, in a tracksuit, like, walking up to me and asking me for a cigarette or something, and me saying, I don't have a cigarette, and then him calling me a pedo and trying to attack me. <laughs> I'm being very harsh on him. I'm being very harsh. Uh,
1: anyway, yeah, there's very little. We could probably fast forward through a lot of the, the youth stuff. What is interesting, and it's not that you never hear about uh, footballers getting rejected, but it's like, oh, he got rejected from Man United, and then they sign for Wolves or something like that. You know, it's usually that kind of that kind of thing. But so he ends up going to this Stocksbridge Park steals in the eighth tier of English football. And at the same time, he's working in a factory making moldings for prosthetics. A factory called True Life. He's playing football and working. Living, I suppose, a standard enough kind of life for whatever he is, twenty at the time. No, he goes yeah. to Stocksbridge when he's a bit younger because he's plays in there under eighteens and stuff, I think. Um the thing that stood the only thing really that stood out for this for me in this chapter was when <laughs> he described slide tackling his colleagues in the factory as they were going about their their daily business handling piping hot uh, moulds out of the oven. And there goes Jamie leaving in a little reducer from behind.
0: At this point in Jamie's career, he really had given up on being a footballer professionally. He just does truly love playing football. I mean, he's obviously good at it. But yeah, at this point in his life, you're right. He's just a uh, just a, a regular teenager who's working a job playing football at the weekends and is a complete thug. Chapter 3, smash him on the ankle, he's got a tag on. Well, who's him? Him is Jamie, and the tag is an electronic computer tag for criminals. (laughs) Now, here's a story where, in this book, Jamie Vardy was basically a massive hero that ends up on the wrong side of the law. He was innocently enjoying a night out with a disabled friend when his disabled friend got into an argument. Well, Jamie wasn't taking that. They crossed the line when they began to mock his uh, profoundly deaf friend. And, uh, well, let's face it, they give him a bit of a shooing. I mean, just to read a quote here, one of them squared up to Chris and started arguing with him, getting more and more angry. Then it all kicked off when the lad leaned in and unbelievably tried to bite Chris's nose off. I mean, (laughs) that doesn't sound great. But this next chapter, he just tries to throw it away. Chris had a bottle of Carlsberg he'd sneaked into his pocket to drink on the way home, as we often would in those days. And he used it in retaliation, hitting the lad over the head with it. <laughs> it just bottled him. <laughs>
1: yeah, astonishing stuff. I but... don't
0: know. I mean, I guess if someone's trying to bite off your nose, unbelievably, then maybe smashing them in the head with a bottle is the right thing to do. But I've managed to go through my whole life without ever trying to bite someone's nose off or indeed smash him in the head with a bottle of Carlsberg.
1: He repeats a few times how they were... Kind of the victim of of, of of what happened, but it's not it's not how the judge saw it, is it? al it's so not there's... how the
0: judge saw it. No, so no. So
1: we have two, we have not, four, not four at four all. for four, perp, four perps in this situation. So we have Jamie and his friend Chris, as you call him, and these two fellas that they fought with. So all those fellas, they got much lighter sentences than Jamie. And while we know that Chris what? Chris bottled, smacked his, the head yeah so jamie is pretty light on the detail about what he did but we do know that he got so this is what he got got six months on the tag as he called it two years probation and a 12 month suspended sentence but most significantly he didn't go to jail so i suppose
0: yeah although laments this at some point maybe it would have just been easier to go to jail after (laughs) (laughs) defending his friend's honour let's not forget that, he was defending his friend's honour, he was a young lad here and I'm not trying to give him a hard time because I got in fights when I was a teenager, I did, but this sounded a particularly nasty fight it really did, and uh, yeah, if Jamie Vardy, having neither tried to bite off someone's nose, nor smash someone in the head with a bottle of Carlsberg was was the uh, most heavily sentenced, it does make you question as to what mischief he really was up to
1: And if that if that particular uh, incident doesn't turn against Jamie, then perhaps his Facebook tagline at the time on his twenty first birthday, I think he he had to spend that at home because he was essentially only out allowed he had a curfew, you know, and that's what the tag was for. Do you remember what do you have any recollection of what his tagline was, Al, on Facebook when he turned twenty one? I think I have a suspicion.
0: Go on. He was twenty one. He was loving life, getting paid, getting laid.
1: There you go that's uh, that's uh, that made it into the book anyway
0: he had to go on I, I th- gr- I and mean, who wouldn't want to remember that <laughs> moment like it? if he one line is he's a poet he um,
1: I think he could have you know I think this was an opportunity they were they're presented with a choice here in this book you know and uh, if they' given us a bit more detail he was on an anger management course he really could have gotten into the the internal monologue. With Jamie Vardy at this point, maybe that could have set it off in a different direction. But this other chapter, this chapter is also memorable for one other thing, Al, and that's when we meet the in betweeners. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're gonna
0: love these lads, folks. <laughs> I'd say top. This, band is of is, uh, this is what Jamie Vardy's wife Rebecca dubbed his close group of friends: the
1: in betweeners. A bancy, a bancy bunch of lads like like dressing up and the legs. So he's gotten off. He's off the tag, I think, at this point. He did give one nice, he did have one nice story where he was, um, where he had to, uh, essentially, depending on where their games were, he would or would not be able to go, depending on how far it was and, and how close it was to the curfew and all the rest of it. And there was an entertaining enough story about him uh, coming off at whatever, 60 minutes into the game and running as far as the hoardings and climbing over, jumping into a car and speeding directly home, and somebody was waiting to whisk him away so he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't break curfew. He also and
0: testament tender, uh, testament to his uh, dedication because he really does love football and he's really good at it and he's prepared to go to lengths to play it. And he
1: really did love football. That's that's true. I think and yeah, that does. To be fair, that comes across and. And somebody, like, obviously, we were talking about football. We like football. And that is a, you know, that is a redeeming feature. If you're, if I'm at a wedding, for example, and I'm sitting beside, like, you know, just say, I go to a wedding, plus one, I'm there and I'm sitting, don't know anyone. And then the guy I sit beside, you like football? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll be fine. We'll be fine for the evening, you know? So, yes, that does make me like Jamie a bit more.
0: All right. Okay. Well, here you ask yourself a hypothetical situation. If you were sitting next to Jamie Vardy at a wedding, <laughs> would you be able to get along with him with your football chats?
1: I think uh, you'd probably, ins- hmm. I think the conversation would be largely about Jamie. I don't think it would be much of a two way exchange, you know, but yeah, I think like we're sitting talking about him. We've read his book. We're sitting talking about him. So yes, I, I'm willing to the gamble that I'd be happy enough sitting beside him at a wedding. Yeah, there as, you
0: go. I have I a think, fondness for Shepherd Wednesday and I don't like Sheffield United. So we have that to over.
1: there's always the skill vodka, you know? If things aren't going well, you can always, always hit that. Another incident which he gives very, very sparing detail on is when he got glassed in his local now he doesn't he just says he was just hanging around and then suddenly he was he was glassed now it doesn't fall to me to question our protagonist but did you believe him
0: sure he was innocent johnny jamie he wasn't doing anything wrong he would never but just a sweet innocent young man (laughs) in the wrong place at the wrong time so many times jamie Vardy's in the wrong at the wrong time i mean a lot
1: could be the face again as we said but he nearly lost an eye so whatever about the uh the incident the the brush with the law which obviously could have put paid to his footballing aspirations i think losing an eye would have been would have been the end right i don't know if there's many that come back from that kind of thing brought well, a draw a veil
0: was... over this chapter and just say just leave it with his quote i'm not the sort of person to take a step back and that doesn't mean i can't handle myself it's more mm-hmm. a case of thinking what's the worst that can happen you get sparked out. Or to borrow another phrase, chat shit, get banged.
1: I think actually the next part of the book is the most interesting, maybe unsurprisingly. And this is when he goes to Halifax and on on to Fleetwood. He was at Stocksbridge for seven years. Like, that is remarkable, really, when you think about it.
0: It is. It really is. Considering, yeah, what he's gone on to do.
1: Yeah. And he was getting... so. At Halifax he's he's getting 120 pounds a week. Sorry. He was on 120 pounds a week at Stocksbridge. And it's actually quite a cool name, isn't it? Stocksbridge Park Steels. They sound yes, like they sound like a, a, a North England like you know, American football franchise. That's what it sounds like.
0: <laughs> the Glasgow Claymore's.
1: <laughs> but anyway, he goes he goes from Stocksbridge Park Steels. He was on £120 pounds a week, and then he gets an agent ambitious enough in itself and he goes to 350 pounds a week at Halifax where he got four car- four red cards in 12 months and he was described by someone as quote-unquote a lunatic but yes now like obviously we have not been very uh polite or kind shall we say to, to Jamie in terms of his off-field off-field behavior but you know this is the whole this is makes him the player he is isn't it he doesn't hold back well that's right yeah, I mean, he was just desperate to play football.
0: Uh, yeah, there was also interest from Sheffield United, if I can just read a quick paragraph. Then again, that Sheffield United scout was wasting his time in the first place. It wouldn't have made any difference if he thought I was Messi or Ronaldo, because there was no way I was ever going to sign for Sheffield United. No matter how much money they offered me, no matter what league they were in, no matter how big the opportunity, I'd never play for Sheffield United. And Wednesday through and through, always have been, always will be, it's in my blood, blue and white. Now that, Johnny, I can respect. God bless him. God bless him for that. Anyway, Um, to move on, yeah. So this is when he starts moving up in the world and people start recognizing him for the talent that he is. (laughs) It's also in this chapter that we are first introduced to Ella Vardy, Jamie's daughter. And I, I genuinely, really enjoyed this line. I met Emma Daggett, Ella's mother, a few years earlier. We'd see each other a couple of times in the week, but she'd go out with her friends on a weekend and I'd go out with mine. It wasn't really a close relationship. So when Emma fell pregnant in the summer of 2009, neither of us really knew if we were ready to be parents. It wasn't really a close relationship, not that close, you know. know, Oh, Emma Daggett, look at, she must be reading this book like, oh, I wonder if I made it. It wasn't a close relationship. (laughs) Well, we, we were quite close at times. Pretty close. As close as two humans can possibly be.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: very nice. Very nice, Jamie. Class act always. Mm. And this gives me another opportunity to bring back to Mr. Pemberton. Ella's arrival gave me extra motivation on the pitch. It wasn't all about me anymore, and I need to make some extra money too. The move to Halifax in May 2010 offered me the chance, but it also showed that I needed to work on my negotiation skills. But don't worry, while maths had always been a strong point, thanks to Mr. Pemberton's (laughs) round-the-clock timetable, I certainly didn't have Halifax backed into a corner
1: with my wage demands. The next chapter, he's moving to Fleetwood, the adopted scouser. He's sharing a house with his Fleetwood teammates. So he signed in 2011, he's aged 24, still not in the Football League, one rung below using the I mean
0: I think that, that, that puts things into perspective in as much as like look at some of these top players. I mean what I think Kylian Mbappe is twenty four, right? I, I believe that's and
1: he's one of the world right guys. Yeah. This is the first time this is the first time so he's twenty four, it's the first time in his life that he's training and playing full time. And he's making eight hundred and fifty pounds a week. He they signed him for one hundred and fifty grand. Eight hundred and fifty pounds a week I thought that was more than you would be getting
0: in a non-league team,
1: yeah, that's like
0: three grand a month. Yeah, that's yeah. It's ten years ago as well.
1: Yeah, it's not terrible, is it? I suppose you're not going to be saving very much, but
0: not bad. No, but I mean, it's definitely yeah. It's not bad for playing yeah lower league football. But yeah. then he what he got bought up for 150 grand. I wonder what other people are on contracts like at Halifax. I bet we're not on a fraction of that.
1: I mean, he yeah, I mean, grand. Yeah, he, he did go on about how the. This was a like a record fee, blah, blah, blah. Um, he also there's <laughs> he does talk is maybe this is true of all football books. He does talk a lot about cash uh, and another thing he talks a lot about is bands. Uh, he talks in this chapter about going into his chief executive's bedroom while they're on some trip and turning the place upside down and then meeting the chief executive later in the lobby. And the chief executive said something about how he had done a crap job of tearing his room apart. So he went back. He went back again, but with shaving foam. Well,
0: I've He's... got no, no, no sympathy for the chief executive at this point. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's a red flag to a Well, You didn't do a very good job there, did you, Jamie? Yeah. Well, <laughs> how will
1: Jamie? How will Jamie Verdi react to this? All of that aside, this is when we start. To, this is when the, we start to see the big time. He's on his way to the big time. Leicester and Southampton offer £1 million for Jamie Vardy oh, but he's been bought for 150 k and this uh whoever this this owner of Fleetwood has his eye on on the Football League they wouldn't let him go it was it was during the season and he uh I he refused to play a game do you think yeah a little tantrum yeah do you think you'd do the same thing
0: I can imagine he's frustrated. He doesn't really doesn't want to play Forrest Green in case he gets injured. But he's not selfish. He may, goes at pains to all uh, point that out about himself. He'll always do the best for a team. Yes. I mean, I understand him here. I do. I mean, of course, you get the opportunity to go with big money into a proper league, you're going to want to. But equally, they spent the money on him. They took the risk. It's one of those football things. You're a footballer under contract, and that's how it works, right?
1: So, yeah. Well, he is... He is humble, if nothing else, as he points out when he says that he earned the nickname God by playing at F- Fleetwood. Do you think um, do you think Cantona felt the need to, you know, like, crowbar that into his into his book?
0: Or <laughs> Robbie Fowler, or Letizia, know. all players that yeah. he considers himself equal to. Also, in this chapter, it just gives us the opportunity to see that the fact that he produced his autobiography at the age mm-hmm. of what? 27, 28, when this came out, there's not much to tell. There's this rubbish story about how he, ha- he plays football, he passes a 50p to his teammates. It is the worst story, yeah. and it's meant to be funny. It, 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 it's like an age-long story about him passing 50 about to his teammates in a game. Sometimes he runs out of things to say.
1: So here we go. Now we're like, okay, this is, this is really when you think the book is going to take off, right? Because he signs for Leicester first million non-league player did you know that would you have known that if i'd asked you i don't think so yeah so he's on eight grand a week now that is a tenfold increase you can really see mr pemberton's influence throughout this book with his focus on mats and sons you really absolutely to... <laughs> he was on that's eight how he got
0: that money
1: Eight grand a week two grand a week bonus he didn't really need to say what know, kind of bonus. It's also a loyalty bonus. Then, yeah. But ten full increase. Okay, ten grand a month. Now I was like, okay, now, now, now we're in the big time for sure. So that's half a million a year. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. But then the other side of it, what, something that struck me, right, is like obviously we know that like obviously his world has changed, right? And then there's this passage where he says he dived in a match against Blackpool. And people were giving him abuse on Twitter, saying that they wished that he and his daughter died of AIDS. Football fans really are a fairly fucking horrible bunch, aren't they? Oh, they just... Uh, I mean, it's got to be
0: kids, right? It's got to be kids, dude. surely.
1: I'm not sure about that. But anyway, I suppose this is it. And, you know, Jamie is... He's a loose character, shall we say. So I suppose his 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 arrival in the in the big time has obviously a lot of positives but there's some drawbacks for jamie as well it's also finally when we hear about the skittles vodka and this is really what the book is about tell me Al, what is skittles vodka do you want to
0: yeah well jamie had a big bottle of vodka they just kept putting skittles in apparently the skittles would then dissolve
1: hmm
0: so we just keep adding more and more and more Skittles to this bottle of vodka. And then he takes take a sip of the vodka. Guess what it tastes like, Johnny?
1: <laughs> good quads,
0: Skittles. It tastes like Skittles. And basically, that's what Jamie Vardy is most famous for in the world. <laughs> not his championship win, not his hundreds of Premier League goals, not Wagatha Christie. It's bloody Skittle vodka. And he seems fairly happy with that. So, mm. good for
1: him. Um like you know what's obviously a fun thing about reading any of these books is 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 watching you know the interesting things that happen in a sporting sense or in a criminal sense when it comes to jamie as we'll see in a little while the videos on so i had actually recently nothing to do with this uh uh this book i i I had watched that last few minutes of that playoff game that um the Troy Deeney uh, goal for oh, Watford,
0: absolutely. I've watched Walfour. that a hundred times.
1: <laughs> that that is something else. And so, what was interesting is that that that, that kid Knockhart, who got taken down for that penalty. So okay, so what happens? Okay, it's they're drawing at the end. One hundred twenty minutes played. It's in the it's the playoff semi final. Is it? Or is it final? Playoff semi. And so this Knockhart young kid, goes through on goal, he definitely dives, undoubtedly dives. I looked at that a few times and wins a penalty. Uh, but the interesting thing was he wasn't supposed to take the penalty, he wasn't the penalty taker. But um, he insisted on taking the penalty, missed it, and then Watford go up the other end and score that goal, that Troy Deeney goal. And okay, the obviously you've read this book, so it's cheating just to pretend, you know. But would you've been able to tell me who was on the bench for that game?
0: I do know that. I've always known that. That was one of those famous things. Go on, tell me.
1: let's let's see the full extent of it all. Three, three future inter, inter, England internationals. Who are they?
0: Oh bugger! All right. So <sighs> there's Vardy, J.
1: There's yeah.
0: A certain certain young man you may have heard of, H Kane. Who's the third one? Drinky oh drink water
1: yeah drink mirrors
0: life uh, bright and fast didn't it Oh, danny uh-huh. drink water
1: yeah yeah he gave a lot of credit to to pearson and all the shaky shakespeare for cuz he was he, he he had a real crisis of confidence this was the only time really in the book that we got into jamie's head he wanted to go back to Fleetwood that year. He was having a he was having a crap. Yeah, that's
0: how they frame this chapter, eh? It starts with him like, "Oh, I want to go back because I'm not cutting the mustard." But eventually, the mustard gets cut.
1: Yes. And he's not
0: into everything. We were asked to meet with a psychologist in the 2012 and 13 season. Not for Jamie. Guess what? Not for Jamie. <laughs> not not, for, not Jamie. for him. No, no. Yeah. There's just no but there isn't a hidden layer, is there? There's no there's nothing underneath. I don't think going on with him
1: yeah but okay so all right there's the next chapter chapter seven the proposal is about when he meets his wife um maybe you want to tell us about that because i have a feeling I'm going to have some strong strong views
0: well again i don't want to sound so elitist terrible well, this, is, this book was written long before the whole Wagatha Christie case. If you're yeah. unaware of that, Jamie Vardy's wife, Rebecca Vardy, went on to betray Wayne Rooney's wife to the newspapers and sell stories about her. And then she took Colleen Rooney to court in order mm-hmm. to prove herself innocent, which she did not do. She did not to do. She, she just was guilty. guilty. She proved herself guilty. Yeah. It was as bad a case of shooting yourself in the foot as I think I've ever seen in the public eye, right? I just, it was obviously she was naughty. She did it. She tried to prove she didn't. She just made herself look worse. It's like that Barbra Streisand thing, like, oh, no, we should see my house. Everyone's seeing your house now.
1: The Streisand effect.
0: Anyway. <laughs> the Streisand effect, exactly. I <laughs> <laughs> think go. Uh,
1: and, sorry, just another uh, bef- uh, a little aside. Did you all know that Jamie and uh, Rebecca, or Becky, as he calls her, have already brought out a kids' book last year. Now, I bet you that's an absolute horror show. But anyway, if it's my goodness, yeah, yeah, it's I didn't know about that. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, okay. So tell us about tell us about the romance.
0: Well, it is romantic. She only agreed to meet him on the proviso that he would stop texting her. Eventually, she agreed to meet him in a pub. He's, uh, I better keep myself together here. Better have. He tried to order himself a fruit juice, but the barman, damn him, brought him a double vodka. <laughs> anyway, by the time Rebecca came in the pub, he gave her a big cuddle and then started wrestling with his friend on the floor. He just sounds so fucking exhausting. Oh my <laughs> God, just me. Oh God, it's like, oh. Oh, I brought my girlfriend. I really like her. Oh, I'm gonna fight you. Just <laughs> pack it in, lad. Just let it go, you animal. Yeah. But yes, it's 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 not the most beautiful love story I've ever heard. But seven years on, eight years on, they're still together. He represented them in court. Maybe they're very in love, and good luck to him. And good luck to her.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, he does sound absolutely fucking exhausting. Um, but he's well he's well matched. His friends, the in-betweeners, one of them he re- reveals again with his uh, his signature humility that uh, one of his buddies, I can't remember which one, um got Vardy's signature tattooed to his arse when they were in. Probably Wangel-
0: his friend Rans. That's Rans, R-A-N-S, yeah.
1: Right, okay. And and the same in <laughs> the same trip. Vardy. Who, broke would you his get
0: my name tattooed on your ass, Johnny? Come on.
1: If you had signed, if you would just signed for, for Leicester and you were just promoted to Premier League, then I suppose I would consider it. I wouldn't. All right, on that though. All
0: right, well, back at you, lad. When you sign for Leicester City, I'll also yeah. get your name tattooed. I'll get it tattooed on my face,
1: too. Okay, yeah, yeah. On my neck. So, I guess, well, maybe it wasn't a, a state secret or anything, but Vardy had that um, cast that season. When they won the league did you know what he had done to his hand
0: oh this is i mean i didn't at the time but this was the old punchy punch machine in a broken on a punch of, co- of course it is of course it is i mean of course jamie vardy could walk past a bloody punching machine without absolutely knackering his hand up. of course he did like you can imagine... I, bet he fed, I bet he fed hundreds of pounds into that machine punching it away like a chap
1: yeah you can imagine walking down the street with jamie chatting away And him just bolting into the machine like from the street and like running up and boxing it without even like putting money into the thing. The other thing here, and this was one of the things that made it into the the press around the time of the launch of this book, which again is maybe a sign of the amount of intriguing detail in the book. And it's a question for you all. What is Jamie Barty's pre-match regimen? So specifically when he's playing at three o'clock on a Saturday? What does he do?
0: He's like 12 Red Bulls, right? And has an omelet. Lots and lots of Red Bull.
1: So he has no breakfast. He slowly drinks a can of Red Bull. Slowly, him.
0: that's nice detail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has- We're going to slow down every we'll time this one. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he has a total of three kinds of Red Bull and a double espresso, which he, I think, uh, he only started the espresso when he was brought into the big into the big leagues. Did some of those, some of those um continental types, but yeah. So three cans of Red Bull, a double espresso, and a ham and cheese omelette over the course of the morning and lunchtime. Like no wonder he is an absolute fucking like he he does seem like he is a fucking lunatic, and three cans of Red Bull would you know that would send really anyone off. But Jamie, on three cans of Red Bull, fucking hell, man. So I suppose yeah, this book, right? This is a series of essentially fairly juvenile antics set against this amazing background that they really fail to kind of <laughs> tell very well. So another Bance alert, which this was funny enough to be fair. He uh, he went on some uh, some a trip to Thailand. A preseason uh, tour, and he stole the hat off of Leicester. I think it was a staff guy or a coach, and he threw it in the sea. <laughs> but then uh, your man was furious because uh, he, <laughs> <claimed, laughs> he claimed about Kilimanjaro. Like a mummy on Alan Partridge, <laughs> I threw it in the sea. Oh, uh,
0: there you well, go. There,
1: there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Frankly, had-
0: considering Leicester City's other trip to uh, Thailand. <laughs> that's a good one right you did well Jamie you did well yeah. you did well that's it stay away no you did great you only threw someone's hat in the sea that's good yeah that's really good
1: yeah you okay, can't all right.
0: to do what other people did didn't did the man wear his hat he loved the hat <laughs> didn't he the man <laughs> it was a special hat uh, he climbed a mountain in that was it Mount, <laughs> where was it Mount Kilimanjaro
1: yeah yeah Kilimanjaro, yeah
0: my uh, special bar Kamajara hat. Oh <laughs> Jamie,
1: go and get it. <laughs> uh, but now okay. Now we're really in the big time Al. The Premier yeah, we are. League. A few years ago, he's running around naked at Fleetwood for being late. Now there are monks being flown over to Leicester to bless the dressing room. Talk about a change in 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 circumstance for all for, for old Jamie. Okay, I've got two questions for you. I think you'll get one and you won't get the other. Who was the United manager when Leicester famously beat them five goals to three?
0: Louis van Gaal.
1: Did you know that before the book? Did you remember that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah.
1: And who was the United player who got sent off? Oh,
0: uh, no, hmm. I don't know.
1: Tyler Blackett. Now, when was the last time you heard of him?
0: Don't know what side of black is up to nowadays. I believe it's like Celtic or something, or Rangers.
1: Or like MLS or something or in Australia, who knows? Anyway, so that was that was an absolutely astonishing game of football, that five that five three. So they're playing against Rooney, Van Persie, Di Maria, Falco. Now, okay, Di Maria. Didn't really fancy it, did he? Falco, bit of a busted flush at that stage, but still it is a remarkable turnaround and that really was when
0: Di Maria did that little flicky goal though, didn't he? Which absolutely a little scooped goal, one of the great goals.
1: Yeah, he was he was good at United, and then he just decided it wasn't for him. His house total
0: is... fanny, right? Just a total fanny.
1: <laughs> His house got broken into. But I think if you're a Premier League player in England, you have to expect the break-in or two, it seems. Um but yeah, wasn't there that moment when what did Vardy do? He kind of chased somebody down. He really was like, he really did seem like a fellow who had had 12, 12 Red Bulls and a ham and cheese omelette. He played like yeah, that. he did. So, yeah, as mentioned, they lost the next 11 out of, the, sorry, it's 11 out of 13 matches and they drew the other two. So they're bottom of the league on Boxing Day. Do you think that, um, so you mentioned Pearson and what his son got up to when they were in um when they were next in Thailand. What do you think Pearson thinks of his son or what was the conversation around the Pearson household, do you reckon the year that Lester won the league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it must have been a very frosty place. Uh Because it was all so completely unnecessary, wasn't it? (laughs) But yes, so I can imagine he's very cross. And yeah, poor old Pearson never really found his way back to the big time, did he? I mean, last I knew he was manager of Bristol City, but I don't think he is anymore. So I think, yeah.
1: So yeah, so him and, so the son and two other players, who I think are also never really went anywhere, involved in sex tape. And that was what, that was what put paid to Pearson's time at Leicester. But one thing here that I, yeah. I did enjoy, and I suppose this is what you want from uh, football books ultimately, is he really hated Cambiasso. He really had no time for Cambiasso. Yeah, I've got he to didn't...
0: tell you, that's uh, part of a book I enjoyed, yeah, very much. Like, at least
1: yeah, I thought like he was
0: to... Billy Big Bollocks, didn't he? Like, uh...
1: Yeah, I'd like if he went into a bit more detail of why he found him to be such a prick. But he did think he was a prick. But that was the end of it for Cambiasso. Lester stay up, which again, like, okay, everybody knows Leicester won the league, but they just squeezed back into the Premier League for the, just to be around for it. That in itself is remarkable, you know?
0: Yeah, they not... responsible for one of my greatest ever moments in that end of season, I, uh, in my fantasy football team, I had three Leicester City players when they were having their revival. I got ninth highest score in the world, in the world That's with linked. three
1: Leicester City players. Did you get, did they send you like a kind of a plaque or anything? when you get 109th
0: they For, didn't send
1: me anything johnny send you nothing christ alive unbelievable we saw a sign of a little maybe a little flicker earlier that jamie's not as dedicated always as he wants us to believe so he's been a pain to tell us what a big fan what a big football fan he is. What a big football man he is. And he gets the England call-up. Actually, looking back at the players, England are a different team now. These are the lads that were uh, injured for England. Ricky Lambert, Daniel Sturridge, and Danny Welbeck. Oof. It's pouring off, isn't it? So, I guess Sturridge
0: was all right at the time.
1: Verdi and Charlie Austin, again, Charlie Austin, get the call-up. Because Harry Kane was in the under-21s. But anyway... But he wanted to shy off. He didn't want to go. He was going to to make up an excuse and say he was injured or something. Can you imagine that?
0: Yes, it's astonishing. And there may be a genuine little bit of a self-doubt there.
1: (sighs) Come on. You reckon?
0: I I mean, that's it. (laughs) Charlie Austin and Ricky Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're quite right.
1: Uh, Okay, so. This is also when he gives us another throwback, he mentions, like, why, why did he put this piece of information into the book? He's like, uh, in 2010, he'd been watching England versus Germany in a pub when Lampard's goal was disallowed and he threw a beer glass the screen at the pub. Like, there's, there's no need for that information, Jamie. Was that absolutely not was that in the public no, bit,
0: that stuck out to me again I've spent my whole life my goodness me I've been disappointed by football at times but I've always managed to restrain myself like I've never thrown a pint glass at a pub tv
1: yeah this is where we <laughs> we go get back to the chat shit and get banged that's Jamie's mantra he claims he doesn't remember sure posting on his facebook but someone went back through all of Jamie's Facebook posts as far back as two thousand and eleven. That's like at this point that's four years of Jamie's Facebook posts to find this chat shit and get blanked <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So okay, we're getting in towards the very end of it and okay. Essentially there's two things remaining in the book. Claudio's there, he loved Claudio, Leicester win the league. But then of course the other is in a way more interesting. That's the racism.
0: Racism.
1: Yeah. So you hadn't seen the video of this.
0: I hadn't, but now I have. It's pretty bad, isn't it? It's not pretty.
1: So yeah, he's a, he's in a casino and he starts racially abusing a racially abusing a, a young fella who was around the table essentially. He says he was looking at his cards. But then, yeah, he really, I'm surprised, you know, he kept his job.
0: And, yeah, certainly if it had been other racial epithets, I think he would have struggled much more. But I think he got away with it because he just claimed ignorance, right? That was his thing. I didn't realize it was offensive.
1: Yeah, it's nasty enough. Anyway, but, you know, Jamie's able to bounce back. He he, he stops going out and he builds a... A bar in his home with a full size snooker table. So full size snooker table it says it says it's everybody's bit as bad as compares it to house arrest. It was like being in house arrested, being under house arrest that time. A bit different, Jamie.
0: A bit different. Yeah, dis- he's always, he suffered so much in the hands of other people for his own actions. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like- never have you used, uh, used the word "chap" if I'd known it was racist. I'd <laughs> never have used it. No. Mm. Yeah, I think you knew it was
1: racist. I think you did it anyway. Oh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely knew it was racist. There is the stuff about his father is interesting, that stuff. The male on Sunday brings someone to a match who they claim to be his biological father, and he doesn't know this. He says he'd, like, heard a couple of people saying things growing up, you know, I know who your real father is, this person's your, bro- your brother or whatever, but he never actually confronted his mom and dad about it and then this comes out in the paper now that is that's crazy stuff um and did he bring this fella to the match the headline was imagine this fella going along to the match as well like what a fucker! soccer's record breaker is my son you're kidding question mark or exclamation mark that's the headline it's pretty poor now isn't it but um and this is also when we learn that jamie and his family have essentially fallen out uh he doesn't give a whole lot of detail and ultimately i suppose you know has to be a line, you know private at the end of the day but does seem to be related to the missus there does seem to be uh, an issue there that that he kind of accuses his parents of never of, of, of never liking her ultimately for sure
0: what could you possibly not like about rebecca vardy
1: yeah. Who in what's
0: it nineteen ninety no two thousand and four described uh who's that mysterious girl saying, Ooh, went out with Jordan as being hung like a gerbil. <laughs> That's his name. Uh
1: uh Peter Peter Andre.
0: Peter Andre, Peter Andre, so sorry, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's
0: already been in celebrity uh sex tell stories. I don't know. I mean I'm sure she's very, very nice. It's just mm. everything you read about her in the media would suggest that she's not.
1: Right, yeah. I'd say she, you know, if she's not coming across well in this book, (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really read well for anything. This is
0: is what he writes. I will always defend Becky. She's had some horrible stuff written about her in the newspapers and it's far from the truth. I know the real Becky. So do our friends. Well, this is all pre-Wagatha Christie, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, it's all pre-Wagatha Christie.
1: But yeah. Anyway, that's the big, the racist fiery storm, and he uh, a bit like maybe Lance Armstrong. I think the thing that annoys him most is probably that he got caught, because ultimately this is really what, this is what torpedoed the movie that we all wanted to see—the Jamie Vardy story. This was probably what put paid to that. So he says here that there was a Hollywood screenwriter or something uh, sniffing, yeah. the bars, and they had zach efron was going to be jamie verdi perfect perfect it would have been worth seeing
0: they're like two peas in a pod they're almost identical
1: but yeah uh, and obviously then they win the league Uh, you know i suppose this part i didn't feel like there was any really interesting detail
0: despite having like a geographical non-love for Leicester, i was thrilled by this at the time and I, i loved him i just thought he was you know, in some ways, I like him as a footballer. I like the way he's an antagonistic, uh, oh, I definitely like CGI that. Attitude.
1: Yeah, and I suppose, yeah, like obviously, Kante and Mares have went on to fairly spectacular things. The likes of Schmeichel have had good careers, but, um, yeah, it was a fairly remarkable, uh, um, confluence of events that brought these. Well, I suppose no name players into this, like ultimately fortune his period of time because none of like it was Spurs who they were, you know, competing against to win the league. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was it. It was the first of Guardiola's first season, right? So everything was a little bit transitional, and uh, yeah, Leicester took their chance, yeah. and was stunning in doing it. Like again, I don't want to diminish anything from there. Or indeed, his achievements.
1: One, what do you what do you reckon? How how many uh, bottles? How many bottles of Skittles vodka out of five would you give to the Jamie Verdi story? I
0: would give it two bottles of vodka out of five. I, I enjoyed reading it. At the end of the day, it's I read it in two days. It's a very slim volume. It's like only two hundred. 70 pages and about 130 of those pages about his maths teacher, Mr. Pemberton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So brevity, that's what you look for in a book.
0: Brevity. Well, I mean, it's better to be a boring short story than a boring long story. And it's not even a boring story. It is a good story. If Jamie Vardy were to write an autobiography now... I think it could be absolutely fascinating where you don't have to stretch out the long, the less interesting things where I don't have to hear about stupid 50 pence piece <laughs> games or like him just having an argument with a man because he was right. Where he could actually write about these things. He's so much more to write about now. Uh, I think yeah. there is a great story in there.
1: Well but this I've is moved it. into the world of children's literature, so I guess we might be we might be denied we might be denied the next uh, installment of the sequence of Vardy books um it's a it's an amazing story poorly told ultimately isn't it That's what this book is and you know it limps over the line I had actually written two bottles of Skittle vodka out of five as well. I would have called it the unvarnished the Jamie Vardy story that's what I would have called it. And that's I, a good name. And I think they should have really, really gotten into the nasty side of him, but then tried to talk about how winning the league made him a better person.
0: <laughs> well, that's right. I think, yeah, if he were to write this book from no longer being a footballer, then he could be more honest about himself. But at this stage in his career, he was still, a, still an active player, still had years ahead of him. and he, I don't think he could, be, could afford to be that truthful. It no. just does strike me as a complete cash grab. He was incredibly famous yeah, at this juncture. They really were going to make a movie about him until so they read the bloody book and were like, Christ, there's nothing.
1: But yeah, I would say two bottles out of five. And mm, that's probably enough of the Jamie Vardy story from us. Yeah, I
0: think I safely say, folks, if you're listening to this, you can give this book a, a wide berth. You, you don't need to read this one. This is not a good book to read.
1: Yeah. I like, if you're a Leicester fan, you've probably read it. Yep. (laughs) So then no one else should read it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. So thank you from there, Adam Ola. Thank you very
0: much.